So, welcome to the official fourth week of Advent. If you have not been at Vintage, if you've not been at other churches talking about Advent, you just need to know that the word Advent, I recognize you don't ever use that word. And so it doesn't really mean much to you other than like Christmas. But just simply to know as we talk about Advent tonight, all it means is arrival or the coming of one. So if I say Advent, it means arrival. If I say arrival, it means Advent and you get the picture. So we've been talking about this nature of Advent, the, excuse me, the Advent season that we find ourselves in. And the Advent season finds itself at this beginning point. Jesus came. Right? That's what we celebrate. We're here because of Christmas. Jesus had his first Advent, his first arrival. It's literally going to, like his birth, like you know it's happening real soon. Mary and Joseph are on their way and all that kind of jazz, and it's going to happen, right? And so we celebrate that Jesus came, the first Advent, the first arrival. Yay, right? And then, historically speaking, Advent primarily, historically speaking, is always look at the second coming of Jesus. And it's this real simple idea. If Jesus came because he loved us and we're still living in a broken world, then he will come again because he promised it. And so the early church fathers said, man, we've got to start living our life like Jesus is coming tomorrow. So let's create the, the Advent season so that we live our lives prepared as if tomorrow is the day for his coming. And so they created the Advent season to, to have a season literally of preparing ourselves for the second coming of Jesus. But we said this, and this kind of speaks to the nature just of Jesus being a really good guy and his love for us. If he came because he loved us over here on this front end, and if he's coming again because he's just massively and overwhelmingly in love with us, then shouldn't we expect that he's going to advent every day of our lives in every situation? That every situation we find ourselves and he's going to come, he's going to arrive because he's a good father? That he loves us with every part of his being, so why would he not come? Why would he not move? And so in this advent season, we focus on, man, with Jesus comes the advent of hope. That we can live our life with this confidence that he's going to move, he's going to come every day of our lives. So we live with this assured confidence of his movement in our lives, Advent, Advent of hope. Talk about the Advent of, of love, right? This moment of Jesus coming was an awakening of the, this, this love that Paul tells us in Ephesians 3 is beyond our knowing. He prays, I just pray they would, their hearts, the eyes of their hearts be enlightened to the height and the, and the width and the depth and the breadth of this overwhelming love that caused Jesus to come and die on the cross, right? He's saying, God, they can't figure it out on their own. They need an advent. They need an arrival of your spirit to bring awakening to your love. As we talked about that. We talked about last week about the arrival of joy. Like, I'll just say this. If there's one podcast you have to listen to the last four weeks, listen to last week. Because there was something unique about the message that God was speaking honestly. It wasn't that good of a message. I'm telling you, I spoke it. But people seemingly grabbed hold of this vision of God's heart for them being awakened to this fact that joy has already come in Jesus. He is the source of joy. So if we're not living in this Real, authentic, not like happiness, like this emotion that comes and goes, but real, authentic, deep, abiding peace, right? This this confidence and assurance in my life that I and myself, we're right with God. I'm right with God. 
And I can live with this real sense of joy. That if we're not there, either that's on us or it's on God. And let's, little secret, it's on us. Right? Because God's already moving. And so, man, it's exploring God's heart. And it's this real simple. It's like either we can slow down enough to seek him for that or not. And I don't know about you, but I'm really good in the world in which I live of not slowing down long enough to meet him, see him, experience him, and allow him to awaken inside of me what's already true that he's given. So, there's joy. Yay, right? And the fourth thing is... Tonight, I was going to say this morning, it's not this morning, right? It is the, a focus on the arrival of the advent of peace. We sang about tonight. You all heard the phrase, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We love that phrase. But that's what the arrival of Jesus meant when he comes again over here to bring ultimate peace to our fallen world. But the idea of do we believe and live in the reality that Jesus is going to bring peace in our hearts today. So, when we look at the very first Christmas, and we're going to look at, let's go ahead and just look there. Luke chapter 2, these are very familiar verses. We read these last week. You read, Ryan, excuse me, Linus read them to you in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to look at 8 through 10, 13 through 14. It says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Press pause. This is an everyday type of night for them. Like, I know none of you... Has anybody actually shepherded sheep before? Just to see a show of hands. That'd be really fun. Anybody shepherded sheep before? So I'm going to say lots of great stuff. I have no idea if it's true or not, right? No, no but seriously, you know, this whole dynamic of shepherds going down, and every night they'd be out with their sheep, and you, and, and you know what they do. They're protecting them. You've read the Psalms. You've read the story of David. He's out there. He's like playing his harp, singing songs, and fighting bears and lions, right? It's a really cool dynamic. And so that's what shepherds do. And so every night is usually the same. There's not many bears attacking, probably not many coyotes. I have no idea. Like they're out there every night and they get their same little buddies, their sheep herding buddies. They're hanging out. They have their little fire going. It's a competition every night. Who's going to get, make the best fire, right? Make it first, right? You got the sheep over here doing their thing. They're just grazing, maybe sleeping. Who knows what they're doing? Every night is probably a carbon copy of the night before. There's nothing overly exciting happening in their life. So, that's verse 8, verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. That's so great. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Or, do not be afraid. I have no idea what it sounds like, right? Verse 13. And then suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. So I want you to see this story. Shepherds doing their thing. They're just hanging out. And all of a sudden, an angel appears. And we don't know, did he walk in? Did he flutter in? Did he just appear? Scripture is silent, so we don't really know. You just make your own guess here, right? And so the angel shows up. And that's a little scary. They don't know the angel. He's not. He hasn't been invited to their party. Right? It's all the other shepherds, and they're just hanging out. And all of a sudden, 
So the angel's there, and then all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord appears. It shines around all of them. Like, how many of you are, like, in the daytime, you've gone and watched a movie, right? And, and then when it's like two hours long, and then you walk out, and what happens? You can't see, right? You walk out, it's like this, you get your eyes, because it's just so bright. And imagine that magnified, let's just say by a, let's say by a thousand times for giggles, right? This is magnified a thousand times. And you're sitting there going, oh, this is so terrifying. Because they've all, they're all, they've all heard the story. If you see God, you'll die. And so they are terrified. And then what does the angel do? He speaks peace into their life. Do not be afraid. You see, in this moment, it felt like a real disturbance for them, right? A real sense of chaos in this moment for them. What's happening? Who's this guy, angel, whatever, right? And what is this? And then all of a sudden we see the angelic choruses just... And they're singing, and I'm sure it's loud. They're angels, right? And it's a chorus of them, and they're singing super loud. And they end this thing, peace to those on whom his favor rests. What we find here is this advent, right? This advent of peace, the language, the angelic chorus. It was communal peace in the world, in the middle of a world of chaos. Like you have to recognize that their world is very, very different than ours, but not unlike it at all. They got family issues going on, right? They, they got like work issues happening. They, they, they're literally kind of an oppressed people under Roman empire with no actual freedom. So man, they're not really enjoying life to the utmost probably, right? They've been waiting for the Messiah to come for a long time. And now the angels are coming. And like, this is great and all, but what does this even mean? It's like, this is a world of chaos for them. This is a world lacking, maybe lacking hope for many of them. This is a world in which chaos and like an inner disturbance. Hear this. Like, I want you to identify with this. If you can somehow attach this to your life here at Christmas, there's this chaos, like an inner turmoil, an inner tension that's defining their communal experience as the people of God. And so the angels come and say first, hey, individually, peace to you. Okay, great. Thank you. And then say, now I want to speak about the advent, the arrival of peace for the world. And that is a big deal. That is a big deal. Defined. Defined. It's this. Peace is a condition of freedom from disturbance. I'm going to read that again. Peace is a condition of freedom from disturbance. Like, think about your own life, this own inner disturbance, inner turmoil, all this stuff, right? But there is a freedom 
from disturbance. Peace represents freedom from disturbance. But here's the point. It doesn't mean an absence of trouble. It means freedom from disturbance, no matter what the situation or circumstance that you find yourself in. A person, listen, you know how it works. A person may be living in utmost ease, have all the wealth in the world, all the cars, all the houses. They have a job they love. Everything is perfect on the outside for them, but they don't have a freedom from inner disturbance in their own minds, in their own hearts. We all can identify with this in some form or fashion. But they find themselves, right, with everything on the outside, but no inner peace. But I've been around people all over the world who are living with nothing, living in abject poverty, living oppressed many times. And when I'm with them and I am, I'm humbled because I see what's happening on the outside. But, man, they have this freedom from disturbance, no matter their situation, that defines them. There's literal, literal peace that defines their life that, to me, is appealing. And it's convicting. Because I'm looking at it going, man, if they, if they are here at this point, and there's truly been an advent of peace for their lives, then, God, is that really true for me? And is it true for all of us? And I would say that in Jesus... We find that peace at the Advent, the first Advent, that's now available to all of us. So we should then press pause and go, so Steve, what you're saying, what you're saying, just to make it really clear for me, no matter my situation, I can have a freedom from disturbance that defines my life in every circumstance. Yes. How? Well, through the person of Jesus, the angel came and said, listen, hey, Jesus is born. Jesus is born. And in this, peace has come to those on whom his favor rests. Peace is available. Peace is available tonight as part of the advent of what he's doing. So peace is the remedy for a world that's experiencing chaos. Even at Christmas, we, we've already looked at the story of Mary and Joseph, right? They have their own chaos, their own disturbance, don't they? Like they are separated from their family maybe because of everything going on with their birth. Boy, they're, listen, they're, they're pregnant of wedlock. It's that moment, right? It's not a happy, it's a difficult moment. It's a happy moment because the angels have come and told them so. But man, it's really hard for everybody else. And, and they're living in a, they're in a barn, having a baby. That's awesome. Man, disturbance and chaos, and you have the, the, in the poor angels, in the poor shepherds. And so in the first advent, we literally find this chaos. We, we find this disturbance, and we see the angels coming and speaking and saying, Listen, in Jesus is peace. So what I would say for us, again, just kind of pressing pause and going back to the last four weeks, Hope is available to us today. Love is available to you today. Joy is available right now in this moment. And I would say that through Jesus, peace is also available. I want you to hear that. Focus on that, right? Yes, today. They're speaking it to you, all right? 
in this moment, there is hope, there is love, there is joy, and there is peace in the person of Jesus. There's nowhere else. Nothing else you can turn to will bring you peace. And I would say this tonight, that all of the experiences of your life every day akin to fear, akin to worry, akin to anxiety, to doubt, to anger, all of these pieces are things that are created aloud to point us to Jesus. So imagine this. How many of you have been thirsty in your life? Come on, put your hand in the air. I'm not. I'm going to keep on talking until you all put your hands up. All right. All right. All of us have been thirsty. Chase, you put your hand up. Okay, I want to make sure. Now, if you've been thirsty, you know what happens. It kind of starts out a little bit thirsty, right? A little bit thirsty. Get this thirst kind of building, and then you go an hour or two, and you get a little more thirsty. You go several more hours, and what happens if you start to get really thirsty? And then let's say you like go for several hours and you've been outside and, and like you get super, super thirsty. And there's only one thing, it's water ultimately, right? That will ultimately quench this thirst that you have. And so, so you start looking for water. It reminds me of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Remember Finn? Finn crash lands on the, in the desert. And he sees a, he sees a city way off in the distance and it's really hot because it's a desert. And so he starts looking and he comes into the, and he starts a little bit thirsty, a lot more thirsty. And then he gets in to the city. He's walking on water, water. And all of a sudden he looks over. Remember the scene? He looks over and sees a nasty pool of water with some like Star Wars animal in it, like an elephant hippopotamus type thing going on. It's really gross and nasty. And, and, and you had that moment like, and he just runs over to it. It's like, yes, I have to because I'm so thirsty. And so he runs over and just dips his head in, right? And starts drinking the thing, pushes him back out. He starts drinking again because he's just so thirsty. He reached that point right in the moment where his thirst had overtaken him. He couldn't think about anything else. He couldn't focus on anything else but quenching his thirst. And water was the only thing that could do it. What I would say is this, in the context of our life, we have situations that, that arise where all of a sudden we have anxiety, we have fear like these angels. What happens, unless, like, we, it starts to build. It starts to build in our life, right? It starts out little, and then it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and all of a sudden we find ourselves, what we're overcome by whatever it is. The angels are over, excuse me, the shepherds are overcome by fear. And so in the moment they're overcome by fear. And they need to look someplace to have their fear quenched. Just like you have your thirst quenched. And in that moment, thankfully, the angels come and quench this thirst, quench this, this, this fear by saying, do not fear. But in our lives, what I would say is that we each have this chaos, this disturbance of all these feelings, all these things that arise, fear, anxiety, doubt, anger, whatever those things are in our life. And in that moment, we either look somewhere other than Jesus that can never quench that, or we look to him. And the message would be very clear. Peace only comes 
through Jesus. And so when you find yourself in chaos and you find yourself with disturbance without freedom, right? There's no freedom or disturbance in your life. What do you look to? Where do you look? And the angels, if they were here, would say, well, you got to look at Jesus because the only one who can quench it. He's the only one who can satisfy it. He's the only one who can bring peace because he is the prince of peace. And so as we sit here tonight and look at the first advent, as we look at the second advent, and then we recognize the arrival of Jesus every day, what I want you to hear me say is every day you will have these markers of your life with fear, anxiety, doubt, that are just like your issues of thirst. And just like you need to look to have your thirst quenched by water, so too in these moments there has to be a slowing down, a looking to, a focusing on Jesus and turning to him as hard as it may be. Recognizing doesn't mean all of your circumstances will change, but what it can mean is I turn to him and I cry out to him and I focus on Jesus that there will be peace. He will speak over us and all of a sudden those issues are quenched in the moment. Jesus promised in the middle of our chaos in John 14 verse 27, just listen to these words. He says, peace, I leave you. Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give to you. I don't, says I, says I, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Like, you know how the world gives. They give something for a moment and they take it back. That's how it works, right? No, I, I don't give to you as the world gives to you. Therefore, do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Because there is always peace available to quench every situation and every moment of life. Because my arrival isn't just tomorrow. My arrival is every day. And so this year, as we celebrate Christmas and as you celebrate tomorrow, open gifts, recognize these great gifts of Advent. Hope, love, joy, and then tonight our focus on peace. And I'll just invite you in that. What does that look like? Steve, how do I do this? It means you just, you slow down and you look to Jesus and you say, all right, I'm not going to leave your presence until I've grabbed hold of this gift that you have for me at Christmas. Your peace, it's available to me. I've got this anxiety, whatever it is. And only you can quench that. And as you turn to him, because he's a loving father who is always faithful, he will meet you. He may not change your circumstances, but he will meet you in them. He'll bring a freedom from disturbance, no matter what's going on. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your great delight in us. And we thank you for your presence with us. And Jesus, we, we're asking tonight that, that you would speak into each of our lives, Lord. That you would bring life in the midst of darkness. 
that, God, you would bring hope and love and joy and peace and you would deposit them into us. And, God, in these moments, these issues of chaos, Father, that we would hear your voice. We ask, God, now that you would come. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your candles, if you would take them tonight. What I'm going to do tonight before we light the candle out, we're going to take a moment, just where you are, and I'm going to invite you to close your eyes wherever you are tonight, wherever you're seated, just to close your eyes. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. For the next several minutes, we're going to kind of be still before the Lord. It's going to be new to you, so I just invite you to embrace the awkwardness. Isaiah chapter 9 says this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. This is a metaphor for the nature of their lives, right? The chaos and the brokenness that defined them. They were walking in darkness. Hope was not the defining characteristic of their life. There was darkness. If we were to turn all the lights out here and I said to you, hey, I want you to run from one side to the other, you go, no, because I can't see. And darkness has this power, this ability to, to produce fear, right? It, it causes us to not know what's happening, the fear of the unknown. It goes on to say, on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Rejoice, for God is with us, Emmanuel. In the darkness of our world shines God's holy light. Now there is reason to hope. Now there is reason to love, to laugh, to live. God is truly with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. I'm going to invite you just in the stillness of your moment to take 30 seconds before the Lord. I want you to be honest about these places of darkness. These places of being alone. And ask the Lord to come with his light and to shine in those. Gracious God, with joy, with thanksgiving, we gather as your people. We have come to hear again the timeless story of Christ's birth. In the excitement of this time, quiet our hearts. 
quiet our hearts, that we may know the peace and the fullness of this holy time. Where you are before the Lord, I invite you to ask God to quiet you in the midst of everything that's stirring, all the tensions, all the questions, all the preparations. Take this moment and just quiet your heart before him. And then see him. See his love. See his joy, his hope, his peace. Invite him to speak those words over you. Shine, O light, in the darkness of our world. Sing, O angels, in the stillness of our hearts. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those God favors. Tonight, we're going to share this light. And you all understand, as we sing here, this, we're going to sing, O holy night, in the morning. And tonight I'm just asking, if you haven't engaged anything that I've talked about, this is the perfect time to engage. Because we're standing in a moment, right, of darkness. We have lights up here, obviously, I know. But as we sit in this room, there's darkness. And let's just be honest, that when God looked down upon the world, he was very aware of that defining your life and and of what that meant, the places of darkness. Because your darkness is different than mine, isn't it? The things you wrestle with are different than the things I wrestle with. Some are similar. As we sing tonight, we think about Christmas. Man, it's about this moment of God looking down into darkness, right? Seeing these, these poor shepherds representing us. And said, all right, I'm going to bring light, the glory of my presence. And it's going to be a holy night. And so what I'm hoping tonight as we share this life, one, recognize this. God did just, didn't come just to save you. He came to say, save us, right? A communal people, not just you, but us. As we share the light that represents this nature of the light going out to each of us, being available to each of us. The light of God's presence, Jesus coming. And two, as you receive the light, to recognize, I mean, this is a prophetic statement, a statement from the Lord himself that he wants, he desires, he will bring light into my darkness and he will bring light into our darkness. So with that, let me get some people to come and share my light.